What's up, guys? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Rife, and this podcast focuses on lifestyle, wellness, entrepreneurship, and manifestation. It has both expert and non-expert opinions, so you can definitely choose what you like and get curious. What I need your guys' help with this week is picking a name for my community. I feel like everyone has such good names for their listeners and their community, And I haven't really thought of one. I was thinking of like non-experts or opinionators or something. And I don't know, I just can't get anything to stick. So I would love to hear your opinions. Please DM me at nonexpertopinionpod or at Chelsea Rife. And let me know what you guys think because I would love to start opening with that. And hopefully we can incorporate it in next week's intro. So if you're new to the podcast, I do updates in the beginning talking about my life as an expat in Australia. I moved here about eight months ago and now I am here during the coronavirus. If you wanna know why I stayed here, go back to the last few weeks. I've done a whole deep dive of a girl I'm actually living with right now. I talked about that uh, in a full hour episode. And then even before that, I talked about how I lived in a hostel while I was transitioning over here. So there's a lot of context as to why I stayed, but I don't know that I've actually ever talked about the position I'm in and why I'm not freaking out. So I wanna talk about that. And it has a lot to do with how I ended up in Australia and why I've been able to stay positive and only really had a few dark times. And I'm telling you guys this because this is work that I have to work on every single day. A lot of people will tell me, oh, you have such a good attitude. You're so inspiring. Oh my gosh, I love what you have to say. And those are my favorite messages. I absolutely love those. But I don't want to put out a misconception that I just wake up happy every day and don't deal with anything and that good things just happen to me and I get lucky and people help me out. I am now very intentional with my mindset and what I want out of my life. About four years ago, I was not that way at all. I was very, very negative. I had a ton of money in the bank and I was just blowing it on everything materialistic. I was not fulfilled. I was going to therapy once a week. Uh, I just thought everything happened to me for whatever reason, the universe was out to get me. I just attract fuck boys. I just attract this and that. And of course, now looking back, I can laugh at that and be like, yeah, of course all that stuff happened to you. You were so negative. And I wasn't like a negative energy. I was really good at hiding it, I think. I mean, someone could tell me if I'm wrong that was around me, but I was in my head all the time, like having this battle of negative thoughts and then trying to mask it with like just being funny. And I was just really, really unhappy. And I noticed that I was just masking it with humor all the time. And I was finally like, you need to get a hold of this, which is why I started going to therapy. Thankfully, therapy taught me so much, but one of the biggest things it taught me was to look at evidence I have to support the thoughts that I have. So I'll use a very specific example. I remember starting this podcast and thinking like, everyone is going to make fun of this. It's going to be so embarrassing. People are going to think, why would you start a podcast? What do you have to talk about? You have a nine to five job. You're just like the rest of us. I don't understand what this podcast would be about. This is really funny. Chelsea wants to be an influencer. I had all these thoughts. Like sometimes I still do. But when I talked about it with my therapist, she was like, what evidence do you have that people are saying that? Like, has someone actually come up to your face or written you an email or texted you and said any of those things verbatim? Like, wow, this is embarrassing. Or what are you going to talk about? Or this is hilarious. I can't believe you're trying this. And I was like, uh, no, but I just know they're going to say it. Like, I know my friends. 
How many of us have said that? We've all said that, right? Like, I know what they're going to say. And then she just kept pushing me like, okay, well, that's great. But what evidence do you have? Like, think of this as a court and you're trying to build a case. What evidence do you have to support that thought? And I was like, I don't know. I just know that it's true. And she was like, okay, well, until you have evidence, you need to start looking for evidence for things that are factually and objectively true to support your thoughts or else you are always going to start thinking this way. So then I started looking at what, okay, what did I know when I started my podcast? Actually quite the opposite of what I thought. People were like, oh my God, this is awesome. I can't wait to hear who's going to be your guest. Oh my gosh. I think you would love interviewing this person. Oh, cool. That one episode you posted, I just looked into that. Thanks for sharing. And then my brain started looking at that as evidence. And then I realized what my therapist was talking about. This part of your brain actually turns on that wants to keep supporting whatever thought that is going on. That's what a negative bias is. That's why when you get negative, you just keep looking for things. Even if you're actively not looking, your subconscious will actively keep looking for negativity. So that's when I learned I need to start looking for the actual factual, not meant to be a rhyme, (laughs) positive things that are happening so my brain can support that and I can just feel my mood being shifted. So this is something that I actively work on every day. And I wanted to share that because Again, I sometimes think people think, oh, you, you're so lucky. Things just fall in your lap. Wow, of course that would happen to you. And it's like, no, I journal every day. I go to bed visualizing every night. I am so intentional with my whole day. Like I no longer think the day just happens to me. I very much, I'm like, I get to choose throughout the entire day how mindful I want to be. And this is from everything from like an interaction with the barista to how I'm talking to the kids that I'm in the house with to how I talk to my parents. Like this is so, so mindful. And it's not something that came naturally. Like I had to work at this for a long time. I pretty much now been doing this for four years. And I think that's what ended me up in the place I am now, which is in this beautiful house in Broome with very flexible hours. I have so much free time to create. I have my own room. I have AC, I have balcony, I have a pool or right by the beach. And I'm not saying this to show off. I am saying this to show what happens if you make very intentional goals and actions with your mindset. I don't think this would have happened to me if I had a negative attitude. The reason I'm here is because I went to a recruiter that I was referred to by a friend that I haven't even really talked to or I'm not even really sure that I've met her. It was kind of like a mutual, mutual friend that saw my energy and said, I actually think you'd be really good fit for this position. Then when I came back, placed me as a nanny in the house. So now I don't have to pay rent. And then it's worked out so well that I'm going to stay here for a while. And so I'm not paying rent because of the coronavirus. I have all this free time on my hands and now I have more space to create what I want to. So I am not, uh, what's it called? I'm not like, uh, ignoring that the coronavirus is happening. I'm just choosing to look at what my situation is. What can I do to help? And right now with all the time I have on my hands, I have a lot of time to help other people, right? If people want to start a podcast that they've been waiting on and now they want to do it, well, let me help you. I've been doing it for over two years now. If people want yoga because they need some normalcy and wellness in their lives, well, let me help them. I can now do that because of the free time I have. And I don't think this is coincidence. I very much think this is all a synchronicity from the universe. I know that sounds very existential and woo-woo, but I believe it. Like, I don't think all of this just fell in my lap by accident. 
because it didn't happen for everybody. A lot of people came to Broome. A lot of people came to Western Australia to do their 88 days work, which again, you can go back and listen to those episodes. I think this happened to me because I was so intentional of journaling every day, visualizing, changing my mindset. And I wasn't, it wasn't like this before. I mean, you guys heard two or three episodes ago, I was living in a hostel in bunk beds in a, a town that like was so freaking hot and humid. I was dying every time I walked outside. So the whole point of this story is right now is a really good time to start these self-care practices. If you're someone that doesn't know where to start, start simple. Start with one thing every day, whether it's five things you're grateful for, a three-minute meditation where you literally just focus on your breath, Google one, you can find some on my IGTV, you can go to YouTube. Maybe it is just actually sitting on your bed, laying down, visualizing what you want the next day to go like and everything from like the moment you blink open your eyes and how you want your coffee to taste and how you want your interaction to go and who you want to hang out with the conversations you want to have like that's how specific you should be getting with visualization in my opinion my non-expert opinion but yeah I wanted to share that because I think there's Again, maybe I'm making this up. I need to go back to what my therapist taught me. I think there's maybe a misconception that I'm always like happy-go-lucky and everything's good to go and easy breezy. And I feel like I try to make that life my way because I just don't want to live the other way. I've already lived through that and I hated it. And now I just make such an intentional effort to try to just shift everything when I can. And right now I can. So hopefully that was helpful. I know it was like a little bit of a ramble, but... I thought I wanted to share that because I know a lot of us have some downtime right now and you might just be thinking like, what can I do with this downtime? I'm so bored. I don't want to watch another Netflix show. I don't want to read a book. I don't want to just sit here on Instagram and it's like, okay, just whip out a notebook and start writing some things down. Maybe you want to write an ebook. Maybe you want to just get better at uh, uh, painting. I don't know anything. These are the times you can do it. And I think just being again, intentional is the way to go. So anyways, I know that was quite a bit, but I also alluded to the ways I can help and I wanna talk about that a bit more. If you are thinking of starting a podcast or know someone who wants to start a podcast or maybe just started and needs some help, I can help with everything from beginning to end, whether that is brainstorming, editing, show notes, interview prep, audiogram, social graphics, coaching, brainstorming, whatever. I can totally help with it. I've been doing this for two plus years. You guys have heard some of the guests I've had on. They're quite big. They're represented by talent or networks and I've been able to get them on. So I know how to craft emails. I know how to pitch people. I think I'm really good at it. So I am more than happy to help people out. The second thing I wanna offer that is funny because I talked about this, I think probably in January or February is my yoga teaching. So I actually put it on a back burner because I was getting so into my podcast and of course, everything got turned upside down in the last month where now I'm like, people need yoga more than ever. We are sitting on our couches. We're sitting outside. We're sitting at the dining room table trying to work. We're having no movement. We're barely allowed to go outside. And I think yoga and stretching are two things that can immensely help, not even just like from a workout perspective, but from a mental energy and shifting the like stuck energy you have around. 
I find that even 20, 30 minutes of doing some type of yoga is so helpful because the way you move your body in yoga is just so different from obviously sitting down that the energy truly in your body will be like, thank God, finally, we can get out, we can move around, we can feel our organs and muscles and everything move in different ways. And I think it's really important that you guys pay attention to that whether it's doing it with me or a YouTube video or signing up on an online studio, doing something for your body is like crucial right now. So if you are interested, you can DM me too. But I wanted to bring that up because I feel like it's so important right now to like be of service to people. And that's something that I know I can help with. And again, I have the time. So wanted to bring that up. All right, getting into the podcast today. We have Dr. Mona Van Don, and I'm so excited because I heard her about two years ago on the Skinny Confidential, and I just remember being like immediately interested in her because of her pharmacy background, and now she is fully into the wellness space, and I was like, wait, she's a pharmacist. How did she get into the holistic wellness space? Like, aren't pharmacists just whipping out prescriptions left and right, and everything can be masked with a pill? Like, aren't that, isn't that what pharmacists do? Obviously, that was a super close-minded, judgmental thing to think because Mona completely eradicates that idea. She is such a resource of knowledge from everything, from like skincare, lymphatic drainage, food combining, eating healthy, living a mindful lifestyle. She is so amazing at not only what she talks about, but the content and the way she delivers it. She's constantly posting in stories. She's constantly providing value in YouTube and videos. And she actually said TikTok is her number one platform right now to share on. So definitely go follow her on all those different platforms, but head to TikTok. I need to get on it. I don't know what my hesitation has been. I think obviously like a lot of people, I thought it was for teenagers, but now I'm realizing it's just short form content and a little more entertaining. So Mona's onto something with getting on TikTok. I think you guys are gonna be really excited to hear about the interview, to hear how she made that switch from pharmacy into the wellness world. Also coming from a Persian background where they're really strict about what type of industry they want you to go in. And then how she not only made the switch from wellness, but then sustained it. I think we all have seen there are a bajillion wellness influencers out there. So what is she doing and what type of content is she putting out there that she was able to sustain this lifestyle? It's really, really interesting. Before we dive in in the interview, I just want to remind you, if you find value in these episodes, please leave a rating or review. Both would be awesome, but that's how people like Mona come on. That's pretty much one of the first things people look at when they go to listen to a podcast or think about if they want to be a guest, they check the reviews. I talk about this all the time. Yelp, Sephora, Amazon, when do you not look at reviews? You're constantly looking at that. So this is what helps content creators and podcasters really book guests like Mona and similar personalities because they see, oh, okay, her audience likes what she's talking about. This is good feedback. I'll join the conversation on one of her episodes. I will read one right now from Haley ATX. I think I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I know exactly who this is. She says, Chelsea is a world-class storyteller. She is so detailed that makes it really personal and super funny. She's an all-around likable and relatable girl, and that comes through in every single episode. I personally love her solo podcast to get an update on her life living as an American in Australia. Can't wait for more. 
one of the nicest reviews I've ever read. I seriously almost cried when I read it. My love language is words of affirmation, so it's no surprise that I pretty much teared up when I read that. But those are really helpful, and again, those are the exact things that guests like Mona look for. So with that, let's dive into the episode with Dr. Mona Vand. All right, guys, we are all in isolation. We're all in quarantine. And I feel like everyone is working on their health game. I'm stepping up my skincare. I'm pretty much trying to go through a quarantine glow up. And I have the queen of health, wellness, and skincare on today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mona Vond. Thank you. I love this intro. Oh, I'm excited because I was just stalking your content. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get oils for my lymphatic drainage. I need to step up my fruit game. <laughs> so much to do. But can you can you tell us a little bit about what you what you do? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I was a pharmacist for eight years. I went to pharmacy school, and then I graduated, went to uh, be a pharmacist, and really didn't like the career at all. Kind of figured that out like day one. So was pretty much like from that day forward, like on a path to figure out what I like to do and what I want to do with my life after spending six years in school. So, um, I kind of learned that, oh, number one, I loved one part of the job. The only part of the job I liked, I'll say is when, um, patients had questions and that I would have to kind of go out on the floor and like counsel them on something. So I liked teaching. I felt like I was good at that. And I always really wanted to be a news anchor when I was in high school, but Persian parents are not into any kind of major that's not doctor, lawyer, or engineer. So that was not happening for me. Um, So I kind of thought about it and then I decided I wanted to just start creating content online. That's when blogging was kind of up and coming and Dr. Oz was like a hit. All of our moms were like so big on Dr. Oz and I was like, I feel like I could do that and like be that expert, but in the pharmacy realm. So I just started putting out some content online and then uh, after a while when I, you know, built up a nice community and could actually turn it into a business, I started doing it full time. So now I just have a wellness platform online and I'd say YouTube is kind of my main business driver. That's just like the machine that I have consistently and everything else is just every social channel I can get content out on. As a pharmacist, what type of content were you putting out? Or was this when you were transitioning out of that career? So when the first few years as a pharmacist, I was just like, what should I do? What should I do? Kind of like hopping from job to job. Like maybe I would like closed door pharmacy. Maybe I would like this. And maybe it's just the hours. Then once I actually figured out that I wanted to like, you know, start doing maybe a little more media and whatever I decided to, I was first, it's really just like medicine and pharmacy based. So it was a lot of what supplements can you take? And for, you know, of course there's like trial and error with content. So I would put out these like Mona's do, do or don'ts. And it would be like, if you have a cold, like take Advil, it was very, you know, it's very like pharmacy based. Um, but I also just loved, loved, loved everything wellness. You know, I was living in LA and I was so surrounded by it that I also felt like I had so much to share just on the personal front of what I eat, what I do, like skincare, and then tying in the pharmacy background. So what I like to do now that it's kind of after years of kind of finessing it is share, of course, what I personally like. I think people like the personal touch, but always tie it back to why it works, how it works, like what's the science behind it. And I think people really like that because I can explain it, you know, in just such an easy, relatable way. It doesn't have to be so scientific, but at the same time, 
I find that when people understand like why these ingredients do what they do, it makes you way more interested and it actually helps you remember. Like when you understand why something does it, then you remember it versus just like memorizing a straight fact. What's an example of one of those things that you're talking about? So I'll tell people like, let's say I'm recommending a product, um, you know, vitamin C, like this one product by SkinCeuticals is called CE Ferulic. And everyone knows that one's like for brightening your skin, but there might be another serum that's like vitamin C, which can also brighten your skin. And they're like, well, when would I choose one over the other? And like one thing I would explain is sometimes when two ingredients are put together, they have something called a synergistic effect, which means they make each other like work better. So vitamin C and vitamin E happen to be two of those vitamins that when you put together, just make each other work even better. So for skincare, when you're trying to get like a brightening anti-aging, like get rid of hyperpigmentation, you always want to find a product with both of them together. So explaining that, I think people are like, oh, that's so cool. Okay. Let me, let me make sure that I find one that has both ingredients. So now they're not just looking at the label that tell, you know, a label is just marketing. I could take anything. I could take a grape and be like skin brightener because it's a fruit. You know, So if you understand what you're looking for, it just helps you even, you know, save money and understand what you're buying. And that's smart because in a way, it's not like, I feel a lot of people think they wasted their degrees if they didn't use it. Mm-hmm. And in a way you're like, I didn't waste it. I'm actually using it to amplify my message. I mean, that's, there was so, so long. I was like, wow, I wasted all my time in pharmacy school. Like I didn't want to be doing this. And then you kind of learn, I actually was just having a conversation with um this comedian that I had him on my IG live. And he even said it, he's Persian. He was like, you know, the universe is working with you. And when you realize that, so maybe at the time I didn't realize like, Oh, why don't I go to pharmacy school if I'm not doing it? But that's what I'm good at. And it ended up giving me like my little edge in my career of, you know, how I can explain like some, I'm not really, I'm not really like the, the beauty girl in terms of makeup. Like I can't do my own makeup. So that would have never been something I would win at, but this was my thing. What about before pharmacy school? Were you interested in skincare and health and wellness or did that become part on your radar because of the schooling? That's such a good question. So really, no, I, I will say I grew up, um, Persian culture. We eat a lot of like fresh, like fruit, veggies. So growing up, my mom would bring me like literally every night while I was doing homework after dinner, like a huge plate of like cut up grapefruit, apples, or whatever, like peaches, whatever fruit we had. So I had a taste for it. So I always liked healthy food and it was kind of always in me just naturally, but my last year of pharmacy school. So this, it was six year program. So our very last year we had our like externships. So basically every six weeks you would go to a different workplace. And this was like a, such an easy year because every other year you had exam after exam. So this was kind of like you were working. It was better. So me and my roommate were like, let's join a gym. And I had, you know, I was like, I played sports in high school, but I never worked out in college. It just, I hated the gym. And we joined this gym and we took a cardio kickboxing class and I swear this class changed my life forever because it was the first workout class that I like really loved. It was so much fun. It was like dance, cardio, kickbox. And I remember being like, you know what? I'm going to really try to like get in shape. I was like thin, but I was, I wasn't really in like in shape. I was like, I'm really going to try to like get my goals and like figure this out. And from that point on, I was just obsessed in like the best way possible. And then when I moved to LA, you know, my dad lived in LA, but I had been going my whole life. But after six years in Boston, when I 
went to LA and started like working there, I was just surrounded by this wellness culture. So I think a combination of like understanding how the body worked and, you know, how you metabolize and digest supplements to loving working out to then going to a city where it was like alternative food and vegan and yoga. And like, it's all everyone talks about. I think that was just the combination that made it like my life. And you keep bringing up the Persian culture and how it seems like if you don't go into one of those three career fields that you mentioned, it might be frowned upon. So when you were thinking of leaving pharmacy school, what was your thought process? And were you just really scared? Or were you like, I'm doing this? Hopefully they support me. So I had no idea what I wanted. I mean, I th- I was six years old and like, I want to be a pediatrician. Like what six-year-old said, you know, it's obviously kind of like <laughs> your, your family telling you that. So um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, we didn't have social media then. So I think we weren't exposed to like all the options. It was very much like doctor, lawyer, teacher. Remember, like, I feel like it wasn't, it's how it was then. So I, I figured I'd do something in medicine. And I remember my mom being like, you know, pharmacy is a really good career for women because you can work like 12 hour days, like maybe three or four days a week so that if you have kids, you can like stay home. And that's literally where my brain was. I was like, okay, you make good money. So I went into it thinking like, I also went into it thinking like, okay, maybe I can go to med school after this, or maybe I can use the degree for something else. But then once I got to the sixth year, I was like, hell no, am I going to any more school? So when I graduated and hated it, obviously that was alarming to my parents who were like, you just went to school and, you know, have all these loans, like hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans, you know, and, and they were like, you know, it's a great job. And they kind of just kept trying to tell me how great of a career it was and how lucky I was. And like, it was such an honorable job and I should, I should be proud of it. And I think part of it too, was being in LA. Um, you saw so many, I saw so many creatives and I mean, literally like we'd all go out on a Thursday night with like the new friend and they'd be like, want to go to the pool tomorrow? And I was like, well, I have to work. Like no one had regular jobs. And I was like, I'm doing something wrong. Like, I don't know what's going on. And obviously there's like a little joke to that. Cause some people in LA just don't work. But, um, <laughs> um, so anyway, when I started figuring it out and then I realized this is what I wanted to do, they definitely, for, even when I switched from Rite Aid after I worked at Rite Aid for a year, and then I got this job at this independent pharmacy that was a bit of a pay cut, but it was a nine to five. It was more of an office setting, which I wanted. I didn't want to work like in a retail pharmacy. And even that my parents were like, are you sure that the job security, cause it's not a big company. Like they were very fearful of it and kind of discouraging. So when I was first starting this career, they definitely didn't understand my vision. And I remember my mom being like, how much are you going to keep working hard at this? Like, you know, like, are you getting anywhere with it? Because of course the first few years I wasn't making any money. And I was like, I'll, I will do it forever. Even if I make no money because I like it. And then now, I mean, now they're my, they're my biggest fans, but you know, I think their generation is so like, they want what's best for their kids and they don't understand. They job security, making good money. You go to work. No one likes their job. That's just how it is. But you just want to like be able to support yourself and buy nice things. So that's all they knew. Absolutely. And now, like you said, there's new platforms every day. Like there's TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's stories and there's lives. Like everyone's going live during this quarantine. And it just makes you realize how many different ways we consume content. And all Mm -hmm. of those are opportunities to connect with people to connect with people, to get your message out. And I feel like 
if you, you know, and creating content, like obviously if this is what you're going to do, you have to really treat it like a business. You know, there's some days where like, maybe you don't feel like filming every single thing you're doing, but you're like, well, if this is going to be valuable, valuable to someone. And I'm so lucky to be able to like have this career that I love, you have to do it. So there's obviously like little ups and downs to it. But I think now if I, if, if we were to have been like in 2020 where I was like, I want to do this, maybe they would have understood it, but it was, it was still a bit foreign. Then even when I first wanted to start my website, when I wanted to start my website, I think it was 2011, 2012. And I went to this like, um, woman in LA, her name was Marky Costello and someone recommended her to me and they were like, you need to go. And she talks about your, what your brand is. And I was like, what's a brand? Like, what do you mean? And that word was like not used at all then, but she was using it. And she was like, she made me get up and like read off a teleprompter. And she was like, you need to learn how to like speak on YouTube because that's what you're going to have to be doing to share your content. So it was such a foreign concept then. And now everyone knows it's like, we're all our own little like media outlets. Yeah. We're like mini publishers. That's mm-hmm. what I tell people. What about when you were thinking of making this a career? Did you have a support system? Because I know your family on in the beginning wasn't that supportive. So did you turn to friends? Did you have a relationship? Like who was your inner circle that was rallying you or was this all self-motivated? So when I first had the idea of my ex-boyfriend now, at the time my boyfriend, I remember telling him and he was like, a bit discouraging of it. He was kind of a jerk to be honest. <laughs> so I was like, didn't tell. Then I, when I was like, you know what? I really want to do this. I asked a random friend who referred me to Marky Costello. And I, when I had a meeting with her and she was like supportive, she, I guess I felt like she was the one person kind of in the media world that, you know, she managed some celebrity clients and worked with a lot of different hosts. I was like, when she gave me the kind of like, I really think this could be amazing if you put your all into it that was what I needed. And for basically four or five months, I didn't tell a single soul because I didn't want any judgment. And I was going from to the pharmacy from nine to five. And then I would race from West Hollywood to the West side, which if anyone knows, it's at least like a 45 minute drive around five o'clock, um, to go to her classes. And I'd go to her class from like five 30 to seven 30, where she would like teach us like hosting. And I was doing this all and I was so invigorated. Like I wasn't getting any sleep. And I was like, I also like met a web designer who taught one of her classes who I was working on creating my first website with and my first few videos. And I loved it. And I literally didn't tell anyone besides those two people that were in it because I just didn't want the judgment. And then once I had a little bit of a product to show, then I shared it with my family and they were excited. They were excited, but still didn't get it. But you know, a couple of my friends at that point did. And then just kind of grew from there. And when you started switching from that pharmacy content to more like lifestyle, wellness, health, mm-hmm. was there anything personally going on that was driving it? Like, did you have your own health issues, your own skin issues? Like, where were you getting the information for it? You know, it was more just like things that I did that help that I found that were helpful to me. And it's funny because as you grow, I mean, I was like, when I when I first got into health and wellness, I was 24. When I started this, I guess I was like, your like your things that you think are like health tips definitely change as you evolve. Like when I, I used to think eating healthy was like eating diet food. 
Like, oh my God, this cheese slice is 25 calories. And if you put it on this 10 calorie bread, you can make a grilled cheese for under 50 calories. Like that's what I thought was healthy. It's like, whatever. It's like funny. You can't judge yourself. You just learn and grow. And like now I'm so just like, as long as it's clean and it's whole food, like it's a different, like, you know, mindset towards health and wellness. Um, But I guess there was no like specific motivator in terms of that. It was just what I loved and what I wanted to share. But I will say that I initially had this team that I worked with that wasn't the right fit at all, but it was a group of like five of them. And it was pretty much all men and me. And they were so big on me being like very cookie cutter and they wanted it professional. Like they're like, you could be on like CNN and whatever. And I was like, they wanted me to like do all these videos, like highly produced in like this lab coat. We, if you knew the arguments we got over and then wanting me to wear a blazer, I was like, I hate blazers. I am not a blazer girl. Like they're like, you need to look professional. And I was like, go find a pharmacist at Walgreens. Like that's not me. But at the time I, they convinced me that I needed to be way more like, you know, just professional and kind of like serious and the content sucked so bad. And then when I finally got rid of that and just decided to like, be myself, it ended up being so much better. That's what I always tell everyone. Like you have to, it's just so obvious when you're not being yourself, it's, you come off uncomfortable. I'm so glad you said that because I had a little mastermind call this morning and the common theme with all the girls was not feeling like you're professional enough or you need to get a better videographer or you need to step up the content. And then all of us realized, we're like, wait, we're all attracted to each other because of our personalities. Like, I would watch a video that was uncut Instagram story because I love your personality. And I've actually invested in people because of their Instagram stories, not because of the highly produced content. So it's such a good point. It's just such a good point to share. And like... Like, and, and look, like if you're, I love to compare like, like, like Lauren Everett, skinny confidential. I love her. Everyone loves her that meets her. She's so sweet. Yes. But you know, she's, she is that like funny, like, you know, she like, what's not, it's almost like she makes a joke of being super high maintenance, but but that's who she is. If, but you don't, you know what I mean? That if that's who you are, be who you are, then there's like other people who are just so chill and a little more like hippie, free spirit wellness. That's who they are. Like if you try to force yourself to be one way or the other, if you don't want to, like if, if Lauren tried to like not act like that, it wouldn't be her. Like that's what he, that's why we love her because she just is herself. So you just have to like really be yourself. And cause trust me, if you try to be something else, like it can only go on for so long. It's almost like in a relationship at some point, you, you know what I mean? Like you crack. Right. And it doesn't feel right. You're not even excited to show up. Like you said, you probably were like, fuck this video. I don't want to wear a blazer. I'm out of here. I look like I was staring into like, I don't even know, like an, like into a dark space. Like my eyes were like lost over. It was the most awkward content ever. <laughs> You're like being tri- hypnotized into mm-hmm. these videos. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What about trends right now that you see that are working really well for you? <clears throat> trends that are working really well for me in terms of like, um, health or in terms of, yeah, I guess in health or skincare, for example, the one right now that everyone I feel like is jumping on, it's been around for years, but I keep seeing it more and more as lymphatic drainage. So you talked about that. So maybe expand on that one and maybe a few others like that. Yeah. I think one thing people, I think a trend for sure is like self-care people learning how to like do things for themselves at home, whether it's like dry brushing, lymphatic massage, like, um, 
it, you know, I'm actually like literally with my boyfriend's parents right now. And his mom was asking me if she wants to get into skincare. And I sat with her for like 20 minutes last night and was going through all of her products and like writing them down for her. And she was like, you know, I'm going to start spending time doing it. And I was like, look, it's not, you learn to, to treat it like self-care and it's not like you're doing something wrong. Like, you know, it's like a chore. It's like your time. And like, you're not lazy for it because you love it. I think people are learning to like, like to care for themselves. So that's a great thing to see. Um, I posted a video on a little video on lymphatic massage, but actually the video was kind of focused on what you have to do before you start doing lymphatic massage, because you, there's actually a little trick to kind of like stimulate your lymph nodes so that the fluid that you're kind of pushing can actually exit your body because if not, there's nowhere for it to go. So I like sharing little tips like that, that might be like the missing piece of the puzzle when you're doing something. Um, I think at home workouts are huge given our situation right now. Everyone is learning to be a little more self-sufficient at home, which I think could be a positive in the end when all of this craziness is over. Yes. I actually just taught an online yoga class right before this interview. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a second, this is almost in a way better because you can create your own little space with your own corner, make it yours. There's definitely something there's pros and cons of both, like going to a studio and having community and seeing different teachers. But there's also something that's so nice of being like, yeah, I created this own space and I love my home and I want to just work out here and feel comfortable without any judgment or worry. And that's actually really positive too. It's really great. And like, I mean, actually just, I posted this YouTube video two days ago about, um, about like little tips for weight loss that have nothing to do with food, just like lifestyle modifications you can do. And one of them was like, if you want to work out at home, you've got to make a clean space with your designated stuff, you know? So it's not just like, it's like you kind of associate it with it and it's like your space. It's nice. It's always organized and it just kind of helps you get into that zone. Absolutely. What are some of the home workouts that you're doing? So, uh, we fortunately have a trainer. I actually like, I mean, having a trainer is such a privilege that I didn't have for so many years. And I always said, Oh, there's one thing I could have. It would be a trainer. So I feel really lucky and happy that I get to have one now, but I really have a hard time working out without one, which is so funny because I'm so motivated in so many other ways, but we've literally been FaceTiming him. So me and my boyfriend, we FaceTime him together every night for like 45 minutes and we put it on the computer and then we bought these dumbbells on Amazon, which I didn't know this. I'm sure people listening to this know, but I didn't know you could buy a dumbbell set and it can go from like five to 55, like 55 pounds. You just like turn this little knob and like, so that way he can have a heavy one and I can have a light one. So we have our little like dumbbells and we just like stretch and do our stuff. And some of it's just body weight and we do that every day. That's amazing that you guys are keeping up during this time. Cause I know a lot of people are getting discouraged, but there's creative I, ways. To still work out. Creative ways. And honestly, this is the most important time because we're so sedentary right now. Like I, he was, it's funny. We, cause we kind of pushed the one day before we first got into it. He was like, this is the last thing I want to do. And I was like, we need to move. Like we need circulation. We're just sitting here all day. We're not getting any air. Like, and I just feel so much better after I do it. I, I personally like weights. I think because I have a smaller frame, I find that like when I don't, sometimes I don't like looking like frail, that makes sense. And when I would would just do cardio, I just kind of looked like skinny fat almost. So Mm. I always like having heavy weights because it just gives me a little more of that like lean tone look. Absolutely. 
And what about food? I know you post so many food videos, so many Mm -hmm. pieces of valuable content. Walk us through your approach with diet and eating. So my approach with diet and eating is a almost fully plant. What I'd recommend for everyone is at least almost fully plant-based, whole foods, clean, regular, normal foods. Like this is like the one thing I stress. It will always come back to this. And there's not one person who could argue this no matter if they like paleo, if they're meat eaters, if they're, you know, any, any person that's in this space, you can't go wrong with eating a food in its whole natural state. So whether you want to take a potato and bake it or boil it and have a mashed potato, whether you want to like chop up some vegetables and roast them, um, anything you can do to keep things in its most natural state. It's even what I say for like breakfast, I would rather people eat like even for myself, oatmeal versus cereal, because the less manipulation you do to a food, the more your body recognizes it as like a clean, natural source of food that it doesn't have to like figure out how to digest. It's not more work for it. There's not more chemicals involved in it. You're not getting rid of the nutrients. So that's like really what I follow. Um, you know, I think that if people can't go fully plant-based, that's fine. Eat a mostly plant-based diet. And then if you want to add in like a piece of fish, if you want to add in eggs, whatever it is that you want to do, at least have the rest of it be clean, if that makes sense. Yeah. And something that is coming, I feel like, into resurgence recently because of Kenzie Burke on the Skinny Confidential podcast was food combining. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered you and Melissa Wood always talk about food combining. Can you explain what that is and walk us through how we could maybe try it out at home? Yeah. So food combining, um, you know, I think a lot of us first kind of learned about it through Kimberly Snyder. I have to give her credit because she has an amazing book on it and she's traveled the world, like just learning so much about food. I have so much respect for her. Um, but it kind of goes back to Ayurveda and it just explains that you know, the concept is that there's different kinds of foods and your body needs different digestive enzymes to break them down. So if you're eating protein, like uh, foods that are considered protein, foods that are considered starches, your body breaks them down differently. So obviously some different foods have like a certain amount of protein or carbs, they can have both, but it's really more how it's categorized in terms of digestion. So if you're eating any kind of protein, which would be something like a piece of meat, tofu, like nuts or seeds, your body needs more of an acidic environment to break it down. Versus if you're eating like rice, bread, quinoa, barley, oats, any kind of starch, it needs more of an alkaline environment. So the concept is if you eat these together, which is super common, like, you know, hamburger and bun or eggs and toast, um, any kind of protein starch together, these like kind of alkaline and acidic environments, you know, when you put a positive and negative together, how they kind of just balance each other out where they both just kind of sit there and don't get digested. So it talks about how you should separate these food groups. It also categorizes fruit separately as basically the one food that gets digested super quickly, like anywhere from like 20 to 40 minutes. So fruit, something that you should always eat on its own. So they kind of say like fruit on its own, have starches, wait about two to three hours after you eat a starch for it to digest before you have a protein. Protein takes the longest to digest. So, you know, maybe have that for dinner and then any kind of like mixed green or vegetable um, really just is a free food. It can digest with anything. So if you wanted to add like 
even fruit and leafy greens into a smoothie, it's okay. You could have like mixed greens or a salad with any kind of protein or any kind of starch and that's okay. Just don't mix the protein and starch. Okay. So the rule in this way of eating is the protein and starch would not digest well. Exactly. And you know, they do say that if you're eating a plant-based diet, um, no matter what, you're always going to digest it a little bit better versus like animal protein is a little bit hard to digest. So let's say you're eating nuts, like walnuts over a quinoa salad or something, or tofu on quinoa, even though it's not the best, it's still going to digest better than if you had steak on quinoa, if that makes sense. One thing that a lot of people ask is like, where do beans and like legumes and things like that fall? Because they're high in protein, but they also have carb. And I actually think this is my favorite part of food combining in terms of the concept where it makes perfect sense that they're kind of a mix of both, which also just goes along with why they're so hard to digest for a lot of people. They're kind of like this imperfect food where like a lot of people get very, it's like almost a joke. Like you get gassy when you eat beans or you get bloated and it kind of explains why. So, so many people have asked me, I mean, I think I put out my first food combining video. Like my, it was one of my first videos on YouTube that actually did well. So it was like two and a half years ago. And so many people ask me where they fall. And I'm like, I don't really know. I've tried to find it and I can't find like an official source to tell you, but I know that they are kind of hard. I, I put them like, I try to consider them like a protein. I just eat, if I'm doing chickpeas or beans, I try to just eat them with like a salad versus like a heavier food. Right. And what if, can we go back to the word alkaline? What does that actually mean? And how can we get our body in a state of that? It's more just like, you know, like, like an acid and a base. Like in, do you, and so basically like if something goes above a certain pH, it's more basic. And if it's lower, it's more acidic. Basic is kind of the same as alkaline. So it's more just the, the actual enzymes that are secreted. Like when you're eating, your body will release digestive enzymes to break down your food. And some of the enzymes end up creating like an alkaline environment, meaning the pH is higher. And sometimes you need a more, and sometimes you need the acids to break it down. Like when you're eating protein, you need more of an acidic environment. So all it's saying is like, if you have all these juices per se that are like alkaline and some that are acidic, when you put a positive and negative together, technically they kind of neutralize. It's almost like a battery, like the, you know, the positive and negative charges. So when it's neutral, then neither of them are getting digested. Mm, um, that makes sense. If that make and you know, it doesn't mean we, I know we, we hear a lot about wanting our body to be in an alkaline state. We actually need acid in our stomach. We need certain, it's, the, the stomach isn't considered like the blood alkaline, you know, like the alkalinity of your whole body. It's a different like concept. In fact, if you're not, if you don't have enough acids, like a lot of times you can have a B12 deficiency. Like there's a lot that can go wrong without having the right one, one thing I tell people, if they have digestive issues, you can even add a little like vinegar to all of your meals. Cause that acid will help you. So what is the difference then between food combining and Ayurveda? Ayurveda is like almost like a way bigger umbrella of so many different concepts of like what food, like they talk about like warming foods versus cooling foods and like your doshas. To be honest, I'm not an expert in Ayurveda, but I know food combining is kind of like it falls under that umbrella. Got it. Yeah. What are some examples? Let's go like breakfast to dinner a day yeah. of food combining that would be really healthy for someone to try out. So for in the morning, um, 
I always say either have a green juice, have a little bit of fruit, like the very first thing you eat, have it be something really light because you just, another concept that they talk about a lot is like your body has just gone through the longest fast. It's going to have at all through the 24 hours because you're sleeping. So no one, usually you don't go seven to eight hours by eating anything. So make sure the first thing you consume is healthy because your body's just like this clean slate, ready to digest anything you put into it. So even if you want to have something a little unhealthy, the very first thing should be healthy. So I like to have a little bowl of like organic fruit, whether it's berries or like right now I just had some grapes, um, anything you have in the house that's organic, or you could make a smoothie, whatever. Um, have that wait about 15 to 20 minutes. I would say 20 to 30. Um, sometimes I'll do that. I'll drink a little bit of tea. I'll start making another breakfast. We kind of call it like breakfast one and breakfast two. Then you could go on to have really anything you want. So you could do like warm quinoa, you could do oatmeal. Um, one fruit that actually, actually two fruits that digest well with other food are bananas and acai. There's just something about those. They're digested a little bit more slowly. Like a banana is more of like a bulky fruit. Like you can't juice it. So if you want to add any fruit to like oats, I would recommend like banana. That's the one thing you could make like a protein shake. You could do toast with avocado. Um, any one, actually one quick point, fats go really well with starches. So oils, avocado, things like that. But, and they're like, okay with proteins. So fats, you kind of want to stick to starches. And then if there's a little bit with the protein, it's okay. So I would say either oats, avocado uh, and toast, um, quinoa, you could do, sometimes I do kabucha squash. I have that one on my website. That's your breakfast. Even if you want to have eggs for anyone who has eggs, just don't have them with toast. Maybe do some scrambled eggs and a little bit of like spinach with it or something and, you know, have your fruit first. So then if you want to go to lunch, you could do, um, like a pasta, you could do like a veggie stir fry with rice. Um, I love doing warm salads. So I love doing like half wilted vegetables kind of on top of quinoa. Um, you could do some like gluten-free pizza with some vegetables on top. You could do a wrap, like a nice veggie wrap with some, I don't even know, avocado, cucumber, tomato, nutritional yeast. Um, I'd say that's a good amount of like options there. And then maybe for a snack between lunch and dinner, you could do something like a chia seed pudding, a protein shake with like almond milk, protein, like protein powder, banana, cacao. Um, you could do a handful of mixed nuts. You could do what else? I mean, a green salad is always like an option no matter what. If you wait like three hours since your lunch, you could even do like a green juice. My thing on green juice is like, don't waste it because you're not going to digest it. So don't spend the money on a, like an amazing green juice and have it right after a heavy meal when your body isn't going to absorb it. It's just almost like a disservice to you. So then for dinner, this is when you could do some kind of protein. So you could either do, if you're not fully plant-based, you could do like fish and vegetables. Um, you could do like tofu and vegetables you could do like a bean salad. Um, you could make, I don't even know, a chickpea salad. Sometimes you don't have to necessarily do like starch for lunch, starch for dinner. You could also do like, I love spaghetti squash. You could do a spaghetti squash with like sauce and vegetables for dinner. 
and oh i always try to do like a little bit of mixed green or like some kind of like raw fresh vegetable with every meal so everyone that was a million options if you can't find something <laughs> no that was amazing i'm like i need to re-listen to this part and then add it to my grocery list because i'm like okay chia seed pudding nuts cow. <laughs> i love all the options can we talk about why fruit gets such a bad rap like i feel like i was conditioned especially in the last like five years that fruit is the enemy there's so much sugar eliminate it if you're gonna do it put barely any in your smoothie barely eat it like what why was that happening and what are your what is your take on fruit you know this just like it it partly infuriates me but then there's partly some truth to it so I just think fruit, okay, number one, fruit's so naturally healthy and detoxing. It's like the most amazing like thing you can find in nature. Like it's, I just think it's like one of the most beautiful foods and there's so many good vitamins and minerals and health benefits to it. With that said, it does have a lot of natural sugar. So should you overeat it and like over consume it? No. I think that if you ate too much of it, yeah, it probably won't give you your fitness goals that you want. But one thing I love about food combining is the kind of fruit on its own rule ends up really giving you like a good moderation to it because I really try to just eat it in the morning because it's also like, you don't want to be like timing, like, wait, what have I eaten in three hours? What did I last eat? Like I hate, no one wants to live their life like that. So if you just kind of say, you know what, I have fruit in the morning and that's it. That's my, that's my fruit. And that's like your perfect amount. Like some berries, like whatever, try to always eat what's in season. Like the soil matters in terms of like how, how good the fruit actually is for you. So, um, I just think it's okay. And I think people are so conditioned to worry about it and they don't think about the sugar content in like a protein bar or in a protein shake. And they're not concerned about like the artificial, like, you know, sugar that's going into something else they're eating. Or they also forget that there's sugar and carbs, you know, like, any bread, like, like carbs are made up of sugar. So the fear behind it is just kind of silly. And this is why, like, I really encourage people to think about the long-term big picture, because when you have that mindset of like, this is a whole life thing and I want to actually be the healthiest I can be, you would realize that a piece of fruit is so much better than a processed bar that has zero sugar, but is cookies and cream, <laughs> something like that. Right. And what was the rule or why is it more beneficial to eat it in the morning again? Well, number one in the morning, you're, it's just you, your body, you really have to think like your body is whatever you eat in the morning is going to be most absorbed than anything else you eat throughout the day, because there's nothing blocking your digestion. You know, it's like your body's ready. There's no like other foods is trying to digest. You just slept for seven to eight hours or however long without eating anything. So whatever you put in is really going to get in there. And fruit should be eaten on its own anyway, because it's digested so quickly that if you eat like a big meal and then eat fruit after your body's still trying to digest and process the other food. And the, literally the fruit just kind of sits behind it and it doesn't get properly digested. So fruit for dessert actually isn't a good idea. I love, <laughs> I love Persians. I, I mean, I'm obsessed with my culture, but we are so obsessed with fruit. Like, I mean, it's constantly, we have fruit fruit like bowls on every single table like we eat it all night long it's like 1 a.m and we're up drinking tea and eating fruit and i swear like you know how every culture has their body type i swear persian women we all have this like the tummy area is like the hardest area to like control and i'm like i probably because we're not digesting our fruit we eat so much fruit all the time food combining and integrate it with 
Persian culture. Exactly. I'm like, and you think it's healthy. They don't know. Like we'll eat like a huge dinner. And then my grandmother was like cutting up peaches and like apples for us. And I'm like, no, this is not good. Right. You know, when you're explaining this, it makes a lot of sense. But when Kenzie Burke talked about it, she got so much backlash and it wasn't just even the fruit part. It was just food combining in general, that it's restrictive and that that's not true, that your stomach is so acidic. There's no it doesn't know what's actually in it when it when it hits it. So it's just digesting everything. Like, what do you say to critics about this or that it's too restrictive or that that's not true? Well, I think that it's all in how you explain it. Um, you know, people want to know, like, if it could be like, well, how old is this girl? What does she really know? How to, you know, has she studied it? Where is she getting this information? Like, I'm assuming that's some of the backlash she got from it. And like, even for me, like, I like to always kind of, I mean, now, at least I try to say like, this is not my concept. This is, you know, there's so many different concepts and theories on food. Some people believe you shouldn't have seeds, lectins in like, you've got to take this, you know, slice out seeds from your cucumbers and zucchini and tomatoes. Some people believe that, you know, you shouldn't ever have a car, but you can eat as much bacon and cheese that you want. Like I'm sure heart doctors would tell you that that's not true. So there's different theories behind digestion and food we didn't come up with this. It's just what resonated with us and what works for us. So, you know, sometimes you connect to something and it makes sense to you. Like everyone's going to have an opinion on it, whether or not it works or not. And, you know, I like to share like where I first learned about it and where it actually comes from. Like this isn't, you know, it's maybe not like a hundred percent right or wrong of who thinks what works the best, but if you learn it and you connect to it and you're like, wow, this really kind of like makes sense to me and I practice it and it works for me, then I'm going to talk about it. Right. Has there been anything that you've posted, whether that's a YouTube or Instagram or anything that people have completely backlash that you're like, whoa, I did not expect that. And how did you deal with it? Yeah, there was actually one YouTube video. Well, my, so my first, um, when I first did my like YouTube video about food combining and how it works, I just explained you know, I think it was like a 10 minute video of how it works. And then there was a YouTuber that made like an entire video just talking about how like basically just debunk, like going through each, like each part of it and just like really shit talking. I didn't even see it to be honest. Like people, a couple of people DM me and told me because I didn't know, but her entire page is just, if you, if it's just literally talking poorly, like she'll take any YouTuber and like, you know, talk about how they're wrong. And it's interesting because she, she promotes like eating very processed vegan food and the people who talk about clean eating, like, you know, kind of says that it's promoting orthorexia when in, you know, everyone has their own opinions on it, but I'm just, it's so not my personality to ever like fight back or whatever. I'm just like, you know what, in two days that little, like everyone gets excited about it. And the, you know, the person who's creating all the ruckus over it. Sometimes they're like little fans will come at you, but you just, and there's so many bigger things going on in the world. You just have to focus on your own content and not care. Yeah. That's good advice. Like yeah. literally put your blinders on. Like literally also like no one cares. Like the world is so big. Like, you know what I mean? Like it seems like the biggest deal to you in that moment, or maybe even if it's like a hundred thousand people, do you know how many billions of people, you know what I mean? Like no one cares. And in two days there's going to be something else that matters. So just don't even stress it for anyone who's gotten any yeah. kind of backlash. I as think long as you're not, you know, as long as you have good intent, that's all that matters. 
Right. And I think we've seen this year, especially the news cycle changes in 0.2 seconds. So like you said, something much bigger than us. And and like in someone else's world, like they're having the same thing at the exact same time and they think it's the biggest deal in the world. So it just really doesn't matter. Right. You know, what's interesting is that you have such a natural, clean eating, like way, like way of living, just a general Mm -hmm. lifestyle. But you have a pharmacy background, which is so prescriptive, literally. Yes. So did that ever become an inner conflict for you? Like, I'm, I'm sure you were literally taught that any issue, you prescribe pills or medications. But then I'm sure the way you're eating is a lot of natural healing. So how did you deal with those two, like, almost opposing views? It's funny because I, I actually really don't consider them opposing. I consider, so I, for anyone who doesn't know what integrative medicine means, it kind of takes like both ends and i'm a big believer of like eastern and western medicine and i think that they both have their place in pharmacy school we learn through disease state management which is one of our hardest courses we learn you know every major disease state and like exactly how to diagnose it and treat it and like what the first line therapy is and second line therapy and you know dosages and the first thing for every single one is always lifestyle modifications like assess the patient. Like what's their diet? Like, are they getting exercise? Like how's their mental health? And no one ever talks about this. So I, that's what I was taught. And I think that unless someone comes in with like blood pressure through the roofs where they're going to have a heart attack and they need a prescription in that case, you could save someone's life with a prescription. And I think that sometimes you go through certain things and they're not working. And then a prescription can really, really change someone's life for the better. So I don't like to demonize it. I just think that I would prefer in all cases when possible to start with diet and lifestyle. And then sometimes even that along with a prescription, like there should always be the lifestyle aspect to it. And I think that right now with this like worldwide pandemic, look how much we're all relying on Western medicine when everyone shits on it all the time. I feel like the last Mm -hmm. few years, everyone's just kind of been all about like, doctors don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, there's natural, you know, because a mom blogger, not, to, I'm, and this is not me. I'm getting a little passionate about it because I think just because a blogger will put something up about a natural remedy that cured her endometriosis, you know, they kind of like shit on doctors who actually treat this every day and see patients with infertility. But now that we're all panicked, like, literally our doctors in Western medicine are like on the front line. So I think that you have to know that there's a place for both and we're lucky to have the technology for both. So I just prefer, you know, to start with one, but then if the others need it, it's okay. Right. What are some things that listeners could implement today to start making their lifestyle a little healthier? Um, let's see. So many things I would say, number one, to really learn, how to appreciate food in its natural state. So try to just like learn to not buy things packaged to not, you know, like buy things that are like already pre-made. For example, if you wanted to eat rice and you find like frozen seasoned rice that you just have to microwave, just really try to make it on your own, you know, like buy the bag of rice, just get a few spices, experiment. You could even freeze it yourself and have your own little frozen food. Another thing I would say is even if you are eating meat and you're not going plant-based, I would really recommend that any of your snacks, so anything that is processed like chips, crackers, cookies, you eat vegan because the process of like the dairy or eggs already going through like 
the hormones that the animals are being fed to being processed, to being shipped, to being, you know, dried and then frozen and then put into this like weird powder. That's like the cream and the cookie. There's so much that goes into that. At least like just stick the, you know, to eating the actual meat, but then at least everything else being plant-based because at least it's a less processed version of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And cause I'm a meat eater and sometimes I get overwhelmed with the information, even food combining. And then there, like you were saying earlier, then there's paleo, then there's keto, then there's plant-based, then there's do this till noon, then don't eat till 12, then all these things. Then you just get overwhelmed and you're like, screw it. So right. if someone's listening and they're like, this sounds super restrictive and this seems rigid, like what are your thoughts on getting them to get over that mindset? I think just knowing that like, you're, you know, I think the specifics on like what time to eat and how to eat, that's when you really want to get into it. That has to be something you want to do to make it as simple as possible. Like this will always be the rule. Eat clean and exercise. That's it. Like everyone wants a little trick they can do or how it can happen faster. Or like, Oh, if you follow this diet specifically, then, you know, you'll lose weight in a month, but like long-term literally just eat clean and exercise. Like if eat, like I said, even if you're, you're going to eat meat, have your diet be mostly plants, like eat, you know, eat food in its natural state. Don't buy pre-frozen meals. Like just like learn to kind of, you know, get creative in the kitchen. And one thing too, like I used to kind of, I've gone through phases of like hating cooking and liking cooking. Now that I'm being forced to cook, once you just like get in the swing of it, you'll enjoy it. Like you, you don't think you will. And it sounded like such a drag before, but when you're kind of forced into a situation, you learn how to adapt. So cooking even just like a little bit, that starts the digestion process, like smelling the food, seeing it like that kind of connection you make with it, which sounds like a little crazy, but it really, really does. So all of that can help. No, it's so true. And you can make it fun. I put on a podcast. I, I'm oh, yeah. very much in the same space where I go through phases mm-hmm. and to your point where we have to like almost cook now. And the other day I kind of was just mindlessly doing it and listening to a podcast. And and then all of a sudden I was, I plated it. And my friend was like, what did you just make? That looks like something I would like make for someone on a first date. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, look at all the spices and there you cut it up and you plated it. I was like, wait, that was actually really fun. Like what you said, I had this conviction. You're like, I love myself just as much as I love (laughs) going on a date. And food presentation is huge. Oh, I loved it. I was like, I'm going to start getting creative now. And my friend, she married a Danish guy. And I, when I went to Denmark, I found out that they are obsessed with plating. Like they will take flowers from their garden and plate it for like a regular Tuesday night dinner. So now I'm having her send me inspo pics. And I'm like, I'm like kind of loving being this home chef now. I'm, I'm so enjoying it. And I'm like, I'm getting bad. I'm going to look up a recipe tonight. And like, I'm learning, I'm just learning a little more. And honestly, like Uh, the concept of making your own frozen food is so good. Like when I was single, I would hate cooking because I was like, what am I going to cook for myself? But make a huge batch, put it in a little Tupperware. Then you've got like your own frozen dinners without the preservatives. It's like easy. Yeah. It's It's all about, yeah. Like you can, and you just now have dinner or food for the week. You don't have to think about it. Exactly. It's so nice. You touched a little bit earlier on mental health. What are some things that you do to stay in a positive mindset, whether that's a strict morning routine, not strict, but a daily morning routine. (laughs) Strict is a trigger word for somebody who we can't. I know. Um, To be in a healthy, you know, it's funny because I'm just going to 
be really honest here. There's just certain days I have like a few times a month, maybe, or whenever when I'm off and like the best thing for me is like to honor it. When I try to like force myself through it and like, I'm going to make content like in my body and my soul, like I'm just like not feeling it that day. And I'm like kind of sad or like, you know, even two days ago, I was like, just feeling like, you know, this whole thing is so crazy and scary. And I was like, you know, I miss my parents. And I was like, you know what, like, I'm just going to kind of not do anything today. And like, I'll literally like get in bed or if I can, or I'll like hang out at home and I'll be as productive as I can in bed, if that makes sense. So I'm like, I try to like, let myself just like be in it and like, let it pass. And I'm like, okay, what work can I do on my phone? Or what can I like, what to do list can I make anything that I can do just like here and not putting myself through too much. And then like the next day I'm a hundred percent fine. Like sometimes I I swear it's like the emotion just has to go through me. And for me, like being like, I'm going to be active and I'm going to exercise. Like I even skipped my workout that day and it was the best decision I made because I just have to feel it. So that's, that's what helps me personally. Right. Just honoring it, sitting through it, sitting through it. Like, yeah, not trying, not trying to like over force myself to like get, get out of it. Some people though, put on music and do a workout and they feel better. Like that's just not me. Like if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. And then I, I actually feel better faster when I just like let myself be in it. What about on days where, you know, it is just a normal day. You wake up feeling energized. Do you follow any, like, do you journal, do you meditate, walk us through either a morning or evening routine if you have one? Yeah, I do. So I wake up, I usually like, well, I always brush my teeth and scrape my tongue right away because I'm always really thirsty for water and I won't drink water until I do that because there's like so many toxins that build up on your tongue overnight. So if you don't do that, you're kind of like drinking that all with your water. So that's the first thing I do. And then I'll drink water. Um, I'll usually like wash my face and put on like one product, like serum mask or something that I'll meditate for like anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. And then I will like hop in the shower, do, I always do a lot of skincare in the morning. Like usually I'd say like five days out of seven, I do some kind of mask, whether it's like a hydrating one, sometimes it's a peel. Um, I'll do all of that. Then I'll go make some like tea and breakfast and I kind of sit and I really try not to go on any social media until definitely until after I meditate and sometimes even like while I eat breakfast and then I'll kind of get started on my day. Love it. I feel like a routine does really help because whenever I feel out of alignment, I'm like, oh, it's because I rolled out of bed. I checked Instagram. I didn't even think about what I was wearing. And then I ran out the door. So obviously I'm going to feel off. I always feel off when I like go on social media and it's not even like, I don't even follow anything negative. It's Mm -hmm. there's just something about kind of getting into that hole of scrolling mindless. Then it makes me feel bad. Like I don't like it right away in the morning. Yeah. I think it's a good tip to just wait until you've kind of just settled with your breakfast and Mm -hmm. are on your day. I want to move into rapid fire questions. So I'm going to move through a list and you just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Awesome. So what is a wellness or health hack that you can't live without right now? Um, oh my God, the washing only the front half of my hair. Um, in the shower. Oh my God. I put, I put this in an Instagram post. So basically on your, on your like day two, you just take the very top layer of your hair, the rest you'll put in a really tight braid and like a low bun. And then either in the sink or in the shower, just wash the top half. 
And then when you get out, blow dry it, do your whole thing. And it literally looks like you have a fresh blowout and it saves you like 45 minutes to an hour of time because it takes you like 10 minutes to dry it. It's life changing. Okay. I have to do that because I have so much hair. Every hairdresser I've been to is like, your hair is so deceiving. I always have to have two people blow dry it when I get it done. That's how much hair I have. Oh my God. It's, it's a, I, I know that feeling. And like, this will, this will be amazing for you. I can't not wait to try that. Um, what is your favorite brand right now? Um, skincare brand, any brand, health, skincare, workout, anything. Um, I would say for skincare, I'm loving Tata Harper cleanser, Biosense um, masks. I've been using a lot of Biosense masks and four Sigmatic is saving my life while I'm home with their coffees. <laughs> I need to try it. I oh my God, I'm about it. They're the best. What about your skincare routine? What is your skincare routine? My skincare routine is cleanse, usually cleanse morning and night. Um, I do a Cora Organics, like, um, she has like a turmeric scrub that kind of works as an ex- like a physical exfoliant and also a mask. So I'll do that like three days a week. Um, I'll do the scrub, then I leave it on for like 10 minutes. Um, I always do like a vitamin C serum in the morning, and then I'll follow it with a hyaluronic acid, and then I'll do sunscreen. And at night I do a retinol and then a hyaluronic acid. And then sometimes I'll do like an overnight hydrating mask, but that's like my basic routine, I would say. And by the way, guys, Mona's skin looks like a disco ball with how much it's growing. So (laughs) I love your skin. It's so pretty. Um, If you could only pack three things on a trip, what's coming with you? Three things on a trip. Honestly, my four sigmatic coffee and hot cacao packs um because it's just so easy to use on a plane um all my skincare is that allowed to say one (laughs) all of my my skincare like my skincare bag and um i'm gonna have to say maybe my little foam roller my travel size foam roller oh just to help with fashion release yeah lauren roxburgh uh she has an amazing like like she's so great at pelvic floor workouts and foam rolling. And like, she has this really, really great small travel size one. That's like, you can throw into your purse even. And I love it. That's amazing. What is something that people don't know about you or that you wish they knew about you? That I'm really funny and outgoing, but sometimes I think I come off like a little bit reserved on social media because it's just like me talking. And I wish I could, I, I had more, like, I think that'll come out more, but I think I wish I could show that a little bit more. Yeah. And don't you have TikTok now? I feel like maybe that's, that's, that's a new spot. You know, I'm, it, it's brought out when I'm around my close friends and, you know, I don't usually film with them because I'm, I'm always like teaching. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking of like, okay, I need to do a little more with friends because that will bring out my personality more. Absolutely. What's well, been your biggest learning experience? My biggest learning experience has been really just like being myself, not worrying about the judgment of others, doing what makes me happy. What is something that people get wrong about you? Um, people get wrong about me. I would say maybe kind of the same that I'm like reserved or quiet. What is your favorite resource to go back to when you feel out of alignment? Exercise. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Um, Best piece of advice I've ever gotten to not worry about the judgment of others. 
And are there any last words or final thoughts, whether that's skincare, beauty, health, food, family, career, anything else you want to add? I would say in this whole wellness world, just really think about the overall big picture that will always guide you in the right direction, that will help you make the best decisions. Don't think about looking skinny in a month. Don't think about like you know, the fads, like the quick fixes, think about like, what's the best for your health and everything else will just fall into place from that. I love that. The long-term game is the name of the game. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Where can everyone find you? Because you post so much valuable content. You guys, she's posting, like she said, every day, morning to night, tips, videos, tricks, like where can we get all that content? Every, all of my social handles are Dr. Mona Van. So it's D-R-M-O-N-A-V-A-N-D. But TikTok is like the place to find me right now. I'm posting like three to four videos a day on there. And it's all really quick, like 30 second, 20 second, 40 second videos. So they're really helpful. Longer explanations, that's YouTube. Okay. I'll say I, I've seen a lot of your YouTube videos and I have not made the switch to TikTok yet. But I was going to say, I feel like eventually our attention spans are going to be like, 0.05 seconds and there's going to be an app that comes exactly. out to cater to that exactly thank you so much for having me on so yeah fun. thank you i cannot wait to get like i'm not kidding i'm writing down that whole list and going grocery shopping and trying the food combining approach amazing thank you so much thank you Wait, guys, before you go, make sure you're following Dr. Mona Vand on all her channels and make sure you're following in my non-expert opinion at non-expert opinion pod on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also write into the podcast. Hello at in my non-expert or you can DM me personally at Chelsea Rife and let us know what you loved about the show. What was your favorite takeaway? I'm really going to look into food combining. That seems pretty interesting, especially now that I have so much time on my hands. Might be the perfect time to try it out. Let me know what you guys think. And if you loved it, leave a rating and review and we will see you next week. Bye.